Hello, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. It's me, your host. I was going to say Audie Cornish there, but I don't know how many people actually listen to NPR, so oh. I'll say it's me, Jeremy. <laughs> and as always, it's uh, co-host. Yeah, it's me, Michael. Very smooth and smarmy from Jeremy over there. Smooth jazz. Why, hello, Michael. It's pleasant, though. Today on American Pale Males. Luca Guadagnino on the, his remake of Suspiria. Are people missing the point? My gut says yes. Anyway, uh, Michael, how in the world are you? Doing pretty good. It's a Christmas time. Yeah, my least favorite time of year. I would... <laughs> bah humbug Jeremy over there. Yeah, yeah. But I'm, I'm realizing, though, Michael, that the only good thing about Christmas so far this year is that uh, there is another Will Ferrell and John C. Riley movie coming out. Oh, that Sherlock Holmes one? Yes. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of that. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm in. It, it I... features uh, <laughs> pro-wrestling star Braun Strowman in the commercial, so... I... <laughs> I'll watch anything with those two in it. I, I can't not. That's so weird. I thought that IP was that uh, British guy, Doctor Strange. I thought he was had that on lock. Well, he has the TV show on lock, but gotta remember, Iron Man himself is also Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's right, and he has that too. I wonder so, if it's public domain, the I IP. Wonder. It must be. Unnamed third party is shaking his or her head. That it's not. Yeah. Maybe the same studio just owns it and is just cranking out all the different versions of the comedy, the action. Mm-hmm. Interesting. But yeah, they those guys can do as many movies as they want together. That's fine with me. Me too. Just hope there's a lot of Siri of uh, silly uh, mustaches in that film. <laughs> there's one in oh. the trailer. I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be mm-hmm. plenty of silliness in general in that. Well, movie. Of course. But uh, enough talk about things that aren't coming out for another couple weeks. Uh, how about you hit me with the beer brag, Michael? Yes, I was at local pubbery <laughs> and eatery. <laughs> pubbery. Yeah, uh, the Great Dane for some. Oh yeah pub trivia oh i uh, okay continue okay <laughs> save it yep i'm um, saving it <laughs> we only got second because there was this team of wayne the main brain mcclain's in the corner okay that's what i was just gonna ask some middle-aged guys who we it was one of our higher scoring forays into pub trivia completely aced the music round and but still nothing mm-hmm. well, second place which might as well be nothing the jabroni. Do you not get a prize at second place? Uh, it's a pitcher of beer, so just saying. Um, what pray tell beer did you get? So I ended up just getting, you know, they have their rotators that come through, and then they have their like their standards. I mm-hmm. just ended up getting their Emerald Isle Stout, which is a Guinness clone, obviously. Is it a year round? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is one of their like seven or eight ones that are always on tap, and. I opted for that because I tried a couple of the seasonal or rotating offerings, and they were both mm-hmm. not good. <laughs> one really? was a Saison of some sort, and one was a Brambois or something like that. Uh, some sort of fruity, you know, in the Berliner Weiss type domain. I can't remember exactly the style. And they were just, one was like way too yeasty, and one was just not good. It just almost hmm. had a homebrew taste on it. It's interesting to hear you badmouth things. <laughs> yeah, no, it was I was well at least stuff stuff that's not like steel reserve blue raspberry. <laughs> right, or anything right. Like that. No, I was some of their their rotators there can be hit or miss. Sometimes they're like completely amazing like they have a barley wine that I always like there. 
but sometimes it's just like they get too experimental or they it's just not a winner and I, so those two were little samples I had and I'm like well I'm just gonna get something that I know I'll like and something that I can relate back to the month of stouts we did mm-hmm. and um, I was really glad we tried all those stouts because going back to like a staple a Guinness type staple stout it's pretty incredible how different they are like I realize that's probably obvious to people who drink stouts regularly or um, have better awareness than me but sure you know, going finally going back to that Guinness style which I haven't had quite some time I probably had haven't had a Guinness since I was in Dublin two years ago me too except that was like four years ago <laughs> so and this Good wasn't Lord. even a Guinness but it was essentially the same thing um, they do get remarkably close to a Guinness with that brew mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, this is like essentially a completely different, I know it's a different style, but it's almost like a different family altogether. So the thing they have in common is they're dark, <laughs> basically. They use mm-hmm. uh, dark malts. But aside that, it's just totally different. Especially when you can go down the rabbit hole of adjuncts with raspberries exactly, yeah. and all that hoo-ha and fiddle-faddle. Yes, which we had our fair share of. And like comparing like the, what was it from Stone, like Inflammation, Inquisition totalitarian yeah totalitarian when you get like a 10 percenter and then the guinness type stouts they're only like four percent and it's just like how quaffable and sessionable they are compared to something like that totalitarian so maybe a little bit of the obvious there but um good to um a have something that's nice and standard and b related to some of the more interesting stouts we had earlier true how about you jeremy do you have trivia brag and beer brag so you may remember from a few months ago, we had the uh, Tournament of Champions that we won like $250 at. Yes. Okay, well, winter, fall, whatever season, just ended a couple weeks ago. And we went to the the fall Tournament of Champions, winter, whatever. It was at a, uh, have you been to Mosley in Iowa City? I don't think so. It's a smokehouse. They do barbecue. Uh, I think we talked about it, we but probably yeah, have. I haven't been there yet. Uh, they have a new location in North Liberty that is very nice, and I highly mm-hmm. recommend the chicken wings and fried pickles, uh, despite pickles. This, especially since the staff had never heard the term frickle before. I kind of kicked open some heads with that one. and I felt Well, like I've a, never heard that before either. Really? No. People, write in, tweet at us. Have you <laughs> never heard the term frickle before? I feel like I'm going crazy. But, uh... <laughs> We we are told at the beginning of these things that the uh, amount of money that is given away at each of them can continues to go up each and every time. And I believe at the last one, second place was two hundred. We got two hundred and fifty mm-hmm. split amongst six people. That's still really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, for sitting around and answering stupid questions and eating chicken wings. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, but uh, I I believe first place last time was three hundred. This time they uh. Upped it to fourth place got 100, third place got two, second got three, and first place got $400. Mm-hmm. And we finished three points outside of the money, oh. which made me sad. But So there's that. But in order to uh, salve any and all wounds, we stopped at a high V on the way back to both get gas and, you know, get me beer. Yeah. And I hit up uh, the newsmakers Thu Brewing because they have... They sell Crowlers at the North Liberty Highway. Oh, okay. okay. And I got the, their Brunost Pilsner. Pilsner, uh, okay. Yeah. This classic Bohemian Pilsner features saws, hops, and a crisp, clean finish. Cheers to 15 years of Brunost at the National Czech and Slovak 
Museum and Library, which is in Cedar Rapids, as is Thu Brewing Company. It's a really good pilsner. It, I believe it was right at 5%, so it wasn't like too heavy, nor was it too lean like that. Uh, what was the one we had last week? Oh, that Czech one. Rebel. Rebel, yes. It, it, was, it was like if that was good. Okay. Um, I believe I gave it 4.25. I'm not 100% sure, but it was delicious. I suspect it was pretty fresh. I would hope so, given that it was in a crowler. Right, yeah. I could probably dig the uh, can out of the recycling bin and find out when it was canned, but I'm not going to do that. It's a very, very good beer, so Thu is two for two as far as I'm concerned. Very good. Did it have a nice uh, Pilsner crisp pop? Oh, did it have a nice pop oh, to that it? Is, I love that. Mm-hmm. Very good. Well, sorry to hear about your narrow defeat, but I'm sure you'll get them next time. Did you bring in more, like, ringers and other people on board this time? Did you have a full team, or...? The full team... We had a full team last time, and they only allow six people per team, just so it's not, like, completely ludicrous. Uh. Um, During the normal ones, you can have as many as you want, but... Okay. And we were actually down one person. Mm. Uh, Friend of the show, Dan. He, uh, He claims he doesn't know much trivia, but... What trivia he does know. I th- okay, first of all, I think he knows more than he's giving himself credit for. Yes. But he is usually good for, like, two or three of them that none of us know. That's the thing. It's not necessarily what you know. It's, like, how, like, deep you can go on certain questions. The breadth of knowledge amongst the people. Because, like, the fiancé of the show and I, the Venn diagram of what we know, uh, the overlap is probably, like, current wrestling feuds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the Pretty rest narrow. of it, and the, like, if it's pop music or television shows or things like that, it's on her. But if it's, like, stupid geography questions, it might be on me. Or it, it, it goes on and on and on like that. Right. We, we have very deep caches of knowledge, but on wildly different subjects. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three points out of the money, and I think six out of the first place. Jeez, so that was a real tight horse race. It was hard. Oh, man. Man, it was hard this time. That is, one of the rounds was called Quiz Doku, where uh-huh. there's, so there's eight questions per round. Uh, you'd use, each each answer was a number. Oh. But you would use each number, zero through nine, one time each. I see, yes. I, I think I've done something similar with to this, too. It was hard. Like, I got that we got the Mercury 7 pretty quick, but when it's like, how many moons does Saturn have? Right. Oh, so you can be mo- it can be double digits too. Well, that's how you use zero through nine. All, yeah, I guess so. All ten You'd digits. Have to be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh man. So then that that adds a whole other dimension to it. Yes, we got confused between that and uh, Saturn and Jupiter's moons. I think Jupiter only has like sixteen moons, mm-hmm. but I think Saturn had fifty three. I didn't know it had that much. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna look into this, but uh, <laughs> it was it was rough. See, and then if you just have Space Geek on your team, then, you know, that one question gives mm-hmm. you the edge. Yeah. Never mind. Jupiter has 79 good gravy. Oh, gosh. Anyway, uh, Michael, I'm told you have... I saw the docket earlier, and I'm extremely confused as to what sort of what this next question you have for me is. Yeah, I guess it's kind of a would-you-rather type thing. You know, I've been looking at a lot of animals lately, reading <laughs> about them. And why is that? <laughs> In the most basic context. You know, there's lots of animal books lying around. Are you getting an animal? No. But I was thinking about the zoo. And you've been to some zoo before, Jeremy, obviously, at some point in your life. I've been to the world-famous Henry Dorley Zoo in Omaha, Nebraska many times. 
Ah. Now, if you fell into an enclosure, you know, we won't, the circumstances don't matter. It's just something happened. You drop your frickle into the cage and you have to eat it, so you dive in after it. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be stuck in the lion enclosure in terms of surviving? This is uh-huh. like, how can I die quickest? Um, in terms of surviving, would you rather be in the lion enclosure or the chimpanzee habitat? Hmm. Okay, now, what kind of zoo are we talking about? Are we talking about just, like, I'm, I'm trying to decide, you know, how uh, verdant the lion enclosure is. Oh, okay. Okay, <laughs> so you're coming up with a strategy. Are there trees in this lion enclosure? Is it, like, a habitat or a zoo? It's like a habitat, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not, like, massive. It's not, like, a huge football field, but it's... But there's a tree I can clamber up. There's terrain, there's shrubs... There's a copse of trees. Okay, well done. Um, <laughs> so I heard that 911 call from when that time that that uh, chimpanzee ripped off that woman's face. See, okay, <laughs> now you're hitting right in the heart of what I was thinking <laughs> with that statement. So I don't think that it's a guarantee that a chimp is going to come after you. Mm-hmm. But I don't think lions can climb trees, or at least climb them that well. I can probably hide in a tree long yeah. enough to uh, wait it out and then run for the border. Right. Whereas chimpanzees can uh, come rip my face off. <laughs> just tear to shreds. Yeah, no matter where you are, too. They'll climb, they'll yeah. swing, they'll... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking, too, more or less. And then I thought, if the lions are fed... True. It seems like they just lie around there. It seems like lions just kind of chill. Mm-hmm. But like chimps, they're always kind of like swinging around. They're getting into things and and ripping things apart. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I think people uh, underestimate the dangers of chimp. Then you hear about the trainer worked with the chimp for 20 years, and all of a sudden one day it was just freaked out and went bananas, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, and that, that was it. And I'm sure there's a lot of really good chimps. I think the adolescents in particular are pretty uh-huh. nasty, but, oh, man, those chimps scare me. Yeah, the the apes, uh, the great apes are nothing with which to tangle. Right. Or a bunch of baboons. Oh, my God. What is a collective of baboons? Does it have oh. a goofy name? I bet it does. I want to look this up. Okay. Group of baboons called. There we go. A congress. I'm seeing. I'm my search result says a group of baboons is not a congress. This uh, well now that I look closer, it says this is from a chain email on politifact.com. So I don't. Those know. baboons in Congress. <laughs> that is that is pretty funny. I'm seeing a group of this is answers.com. Mm-hmm. If they have the answers, a group of baboons is actually called a troop. That's not as fun. Unless they all had little army hats and uh, army jackets on. <laughs> with little Prussian uh, army hats with, yeah, yeah. with the one spike. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Or gorilla. Are gorillas vegetarians, though? They might not I think so. eat you. Yeah, they... I, I don't remember any of those apes in Planet of the Apes eating uh, the new ones, eating <laughs> uh, any meat in those. They do kill a lot of people, though. <laughs> Solid movies, by the way. They're, like, surprisingly... That's what I hear. They're surprisingly yeah. awesome. I think I told you when I saw the the third one last year mm-hmm. that the special effects range from wow that's a really convincing monkey to oh my god the monkey the apes are gonna come kill us all <laughs> right yes I think I remember you saying that mm-hmm. so where does it fall in the pantheon of the originals 
the what's that guy's name? That Jack Skellington guy. What's the director's name? Tim Burton. Yes, that's his name, Tim Burton. Are you talking about the bad remake? Yes. And he did. He did not do Jack Skellington. I thought it was like Tim Burton's Christmas. Halloween on Christmas. What is that movie called? Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah, isn't that Tim Burton? It is not Tim Burton. Popular misconception, he was a producer on it. Oh, okay. Well, he had his fingers in there. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page now. The The poster does say Tim Burton's The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, okay. So I'll allow it, but... Okay. Okay, so Tim Burton's the original and the latest. Well, then... For me, the new ones are head and shoulders above the other ones. I never watched the Tim Burton one because it looked terrible. <laughs> okay. Um, and I've seen like one, two, and four of the old ones, and it's I get why people like them because I have a number of soft spots for just garbage old movies that have like the the right performances. It might not necessarily be good performances, but they're the right performances. I see. Is is it is there a camp factor in there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I kind of yeah. Especially the later ones when like the uh there's like mutants and they blow it up and they're just going back in time, I think. I'm not sure. Like I said, I've only seen one, two, and four and I only paid attention to the first one. Okay. But yeah, those new ones are, are the only problem I have with the new ones is they feel someone felt the need to shoehorn in quotes from the original into the first one. Oh, lots of nods to the original. It's not even a lot. It's just a couple of them that are really glaring. Okay. Um, you maniacs, you blew it up. It's not quite that. Okay. It's uh the kid who played Malfoy in the Harry Potter movies. Oh, yeah. He's a goony looking uh, 20-something in that first new one. And it is... He said, it's a madhouse, a madhouse. Okay. <laughs> and, and, like, he's basically staring at the camera while he says it. And I'm like, <laughs> come on, man, you're doing so good. But, but yeah, check, check them out. They're pretty good. All right, yeah, might have to do that. But for now, Jeremy, should we get into the FDR? You mean wherein we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer? That's right. I think you got this one this week. Yeah. Because I know I can't find it. That's right, and that's kind of why I got it. Uh, we are having from Cigar City Brewing, Hialai, their India Pale Ale. I believe it's kind of their flagship type beer. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking about getting, they had another one that looked a little more citrusy, um, but then that one was brewed or canned, <laughs> like, mm, like July, early August. This one is early September, so it's about three months old at the time we're drinking it, but I figure that's could make a pretty significant difference. I agree. Uh, Michael, have you had anything by Cigar City? I have. I've been to the uh, Tampa area a few times. I think I've had this one before, but uh, that was way before Critical Tongue, probably. And Plus you were hammered. Maybe <laughs> something else. I think I had it at the airport. Oh, <laughs> um, that's way less fun. Yeah, and something else by them, too. But it's been a long time, and um, they're part of the Canarchy thing now, so you may end up seeing them in your area at some point, Jeremy. Interesting. I have coworkers who are down there regularly and come back with a uh, a copse of Cigar City beers. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I'm going to go with that. But uh, the only one I know for sure that I've had is uh, Hunapu. Hunapu, yeah. Extremely good. Thanks to Cousin of the Show for uh, getting a pour of that at Dark Lord two years ago. Yeah, I uh, I do want to try that out at some point. It's really, I, uh, it's. I mean, duh, but it's really good. <laughs> 
And now that's just, the, is that a barrel-aged stout? Am I yeah, it, it's their Dark Lord. Okay. Because they have variants of it, too. I, they sure do. I've got the Hunapu 2019 website up. It's 10th anniversary on March 9, 2019. Centered around the annual release of Hunapu's Imperial Stout, Hunapu's Day offers beer lovers the opportunity to taste some of the world's rarest and most sought-after beers in unlimited two-ounce pours. Good lord, that is terrifying. Yeah. While rubbing elbows with the brewers themselves. Entrance to Hunapu's Day also grants you bottles of the Imperial Stout, a massive Imperial Stout with chile peppers, cinnamon, vanilla, and cacao nibs that's mm. released only once a year and never hits store shelves. Mm. Oh, weird. They're offering four bottle, eight bottle, and 12 bottle tickets. Oh my lord. So I know we're going way off topic here, but four bottle ticket includes four bottles of Hunapu. Eight bottle ticket includes four, four bottles of the 2019 release of Hunapu's Imperial Stout and four bottles of Exbalanque, X-B-A-L-A-N-Q-U-E, an Amburana wood-rested Imperial Stout. Twelve bottle includes all of the above and X-Quick, X-Q-U-I-C, Maple Imperial Stout. So they're just basically giving you another load of variants. Another layer of variants, yeah. I can't even imagine how horrifically expensive that is. 12 premium and then limited on top of that bottles, yeah. Uh, Oh, good God. This is 200 for a four-bottle ticket. And then straight up. And then increments go up in $100 increments, so the 12 bottle is 400. But you Mm. also have additional VIP, that's the VIP ticket. Um, It also gets you access to an exclusive tent with seating, specialty food options, VIP exclusive tappings, and private restrooms, which is nothing to sneeze at at something (laughs) like that. But anyway, we're not talking about that. We're talking about Hialai. Hialai, yes, their flagship IPA. Here's a little flavor text for you from the website. It doesn't seem to be much about the beer, but anyway. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking that same thing, too. (laughs) Hialai, a game native to the Basque region of Spain, is played on a court called a fronton. I've never read that word before. Mm-hmm. Uh, highlight players attempt to catch a ball using a curved mitt whilst the ball travels at speeds of up to 108 miles per hour. There's that exclamation point there, yeah. Proving they have a sense of humor, the Spanish dubbed this game with the ball traveling at race car speeds the merry game. Tampa was <laughs> once home to a bustling highlight fronton, but sadly all that remains a highlight in the Tampa Bay area is this India Pale Ale that we brew to tribute to the merry game. The India Pale Ale style of beer has its roots in the ales sent from England to the thirsty British troops in India during the 18th century. Pair Hialai India Pale Ale with beef and panadas, deviled crabs, and other spicy dishes. I've never heard of deviled crabs. I can give you some more stuff on this. The overview. Did you yes. see this? The ABV is 7.5%. IBUs of 70, SRM of 17. Tasting notes. An intense bouquet of tangerine and candied orange peel enticed the nose while flavors of clementines, Valencia oranges, side note, that's a juice orange, and subtle caramel <laughs> provide counterpoint to an assertive bitterness and rich malt character. Bold hop flavor and aroma from six different hop varietals is front and center with this flavorful American IPA. Uh, yeah, I didn't realize this was a 7.5. That's considerably strong. Well, I mean, those, uh, the real ones... The real IPAs do have a little bit of a, a little bit of a swing in their step. Yeah, I think that'll be good. Hopefully, we get some nice malt balance to all those hops in there. We don't get the list of the hops, unfortunately. But... So I, I'm one step ahead of you, Michael. Oh, excellent! Thank you. So this is just a clone recipe. This is not necessarily what okay. they actually use, so... but 
uh, and on a uh, somewhat highly ranked uh, recipe from my uh, homebrew talk, whatever it's called. It's a forum. Google it. You'll find it. Autumn, Columbus, Amarillo, Cascade, Centennial, and Simcoe. Okay. So a lot of packed Northwest type hops. Indeed. And some other little flair. The Autumn one, I, I never know if I'm ever pronouncing that correctly, but I think that's Washington. Okay. Yep, humble variety from Yakima Valley. Oh, the old Yakima. Yep. Let's uh, and speaking of which, let's crackima this open. <laughs> uh, it's in a can, which I'm also hoping is uh, good. Gonna... Lord, that smells amazing. Woo! Preserve the um flavors and the you know keeping the hops mm-hmm. fresh versus uh any sort of bottle. Michael, do, have you noticed any? bias from uh, our father's generation about canned beer. No, I can't say necessarily. Although, I guess not from my father's, but from yeah, maybe the generation perhaps. Mhm. At least with my father anyways. I I feel like he still associates canned beer with that sort of feel. Whereas like it has to be in a bottle to be good and it's like no matter what I tell him is like no, it doesn't work like that. It just needs to be good beer like Cans are actually better, but then, you know, I want to punch myself for even thinking that. But <laughs> yeah. Michael, this definitely smells like six different hops. Yeah, it's very bouquet aromatic. Just nice hop aroma, fruitiness, little pininess in there. Very pungent. It's probably the dry hops, but it smells like when you crack open the little Mylar bag of hops. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, which is amazing because, you know, you really don't usually get that, especially on a beer that's... How, however old you said it was, two months, three months? Yeah. But uh, have you gone in? I have gone in. What do you think while you tell the people while I go in? It's a good IPA. I mean, it's it has a really, like, center of the tongue, very strong hop flavor. Mm. And the bitterness that that translates to on the back of the tongue is not too bad, actually. It doesn't mm. spray paint effect, as we always No, note. it's not there. No, it's not there. So it's pretty clean in that regard but still really strong. Yeah, it's pungent, I believe, is a good word. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the hops are kind of all over the place. It does kind yeah. of have, like, the earthy orange flavor, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Not necessarily, like, a juicy uh, New England IPA orange juice flavor or right. haze, because this is, you know, it's a solid C60 brown right now. Copper, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. This is a really good beer, Michael. Thank you in advance. Yeah, I'm I'm enjoying it myself, actually. You know, and um, you hate IPAs, and I hate IPAs. Yeah, there's a lot to uh, bite into there as far as like the mouthfeel. It's really mm-hmm. thick, not like a melting jello in your mouth thick, but just a nice nice support for the hop flavor with the thickness there. Very much so. So I I think when we get to hops, well. I know when we get to hops, there's the, uh, I want to say quadrant, but that would imply four, so whatever, triad, whatever. Triad or. Tri- there you go, triad. Uh, the triadrant, <laughs> it, it, it hits all three uh, corners of this thing because mm-hmm. you have the smell, you have the, the taste, or aroma, taste, and bitterness. Yes. And this has all three because sometimes you'll get one, you'll frequently with an IPA, you'll get one. Sometimes two, but frequently I feel like you don't get all three. Uh, all day IPA gets the aroma 
and the taste, but, you know, there's not a ton of bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. But whereas with, you know, something like uh, Sierra Nevada, you get the bitterness in the nose, but maybe not the taste. I don't know. I haven't had a lot of IPAs lately. Yeah, or, or, you know, you'll get one of those and then the other two, but one is just, you know, it's not balanced. It's what they put on the poster, for lack of a better word. Yeah, and then it's either too bitter or too kind of out of sync. But this one Mm -hmm. has all those points of the triad, but very strong for all of them. It really does kind of have an orangey flavor to it, and I don't know if that's just in my head because we read the flavor We read that. Yeah, I was thinking that too, yeah. But it has that... It's a little orange color, too. I don't know if that's also... It's not that hazy orange, but No, it's no, the, it's not orange juice. It's it just, just has an orange hue to it, yeah. Yeah. No, I, th- I think it's got that pith bitterness that we talk about sometimes. Mm-hmm. That comes with a citrus fruit, so maybe not necessarily orange, but definitely has the, uh, yeah, the pith bitterness, which I rather like, especially in a grapefruit. Yeah. And, you know, I'm working my way down the glass now, and it's still maintaining that. It's not, usually with a lot of IPAs, the bitterness kind of starts, it starts leaning in on the bitterness as you go. Mm-hmm. But this has been consistently the same balance throughout, yeah, and the, which is and also the, good. the aroma is not dying either, which is something that mm. can, uh, I feel can happen with IPAs sometimes. It feels like it's, it just gets overwhelmed by whatever's hanging out on your nose, whereas this one is just sort of, Right there, you get the, you get the taste of that. Once again, it's kind of hitting all the quadrants that you might expect or trirants that you would expect out of a hop flavor. You know, it's got a little bit of fruit, it's got pine, it's got grass, it's got floral, it's got a little bit of everything. And I think the fact that they well, we know that well, they claim there's six varieties of hops in here, so I I have no reason to doubt Cigar City. But I think that's a unique achievement in the fact that they're able to do these without just ruining the beer yeah maintaining that balance between them all and um should we go in for the rating uh yeah sure let's go for it i think i have my rating actually yeah a lot of having and hawing it's kind of a straightforward beer in a good way so i guess i can kind of rate it in a straightforward manner okay um i'll just give a quick sip of judgment to confirm here sounded more like a chug of hostility (laughs) (laughs) yeah um yeah no it's still good i'm not getting sick of it i'm gonna give it a four. Cool. What's holding you back from going higher? What would you need to have changed, if, um, if, if anything? I don't think anything necessarily needs to change. It just might be the, as far as preference, as far as the style. Because mm-hmm. I hate IPAs. You no. do hate IPAs. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's probably just IPAs are not my most favoritist, but I think this is an ex- excellent example of one. Mm. So my rating for my heart is a four. If I was rating like within the style, maybe it'd be higher or factoring out other things, but I'm just shooting from the heart. Is that a song? Mm-hmm. It should be. Shot from the heart. <laughs> yeah, shot. Playing. There you go. There you go. Or shot to the heart, rather. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't even change anything. That's just my assessment. I was going to say something else about it, but uh, I've said enough. Jeremy, what do you think? Uh, so I do not hate IPAs. As a matter of fact, I rather enjoy them. Yes. Now, w- within the IPAs, I mean, it's no secret that there's, you know, 10 million different kinds of IPA out there. You could We could do this podcast strictly on the various types of IPAs for about, like, a month or a year. Easily a month. We did it. We just did it for stouts. Oh, yeah. So you can but definitely we, do it with IPAs. We could do it for, like, a year. And yes. not get an IPA that's... I don't think we would be, like, repeating ourselves or 
even if we're just going by what I can find here in somewhat small town Iowa, I don't think we'd have a problem finding, you know, weird crap. I mean, we had, what was that one from Decadent Ales? S'mores? Oh, yes. Yeah, oh my god. I mean, we had an IPA that tasted like friggin' s'mores, and it still tasted like an IPA. Yeah. So, the depth on this style is huge. That said, this is, I mean, like you said, it's flagship. This is what I think you need to aim for if you're just making, like, an IPA. So if you're going, if you go to a bar and say, give me your best IPA, and you don't want any follow-up questions like, do you want fruity, yeah. do you want piney, <laughs> rare, rare. The, the person that, you know, Budweiser assumes is drinking the peach walnut mead or whatever. They're, <laughs> right, they're, yeah. they're making, they're ripping on mead now. I don't know if you've seen those commercials. I have. I, yes, I have. <laughs> okay. But it's, it's not all handlebar mustaches and uh, plaid shirts. My God, I'm off the rails. Anyway, I really like this beer, and I'm going to give it a 4.5. Because nice. it's, this is hitting everything I need. It's got the malt backbone, which I don't think we've been talking enough about. But it's not sweet, but it's also not overly bitter, but it's not under-aromaed or under-flavored or under-bittered or anything. The balance is superb in my yeah. eyes, and so yeah. I, I really like this, and I wish I had more. Yeah, the balance. I think that's the takeaway with this one. It's just... If we had to guess for a defining characteristic of beers we like, no matter what it is, if it's from Blue Raspberry to uh, Dark Lord 15, would we say that balance is the most important characteristic that we're looking for? I think so. Okay. I think that's a good point. No matter the style, like stout, IPA, barley wine, oud uh, brewing. You're right. Yeah. I mean, throw the occasional freak beer in there, but ultimately, sure. yeah, you want the balance. We are fans of the true freak label. <laughs> that's right. Well, good. I, I'm glad you enjoyed this one. I thought I could get some Cigar City up-ins for you, Jeremy. Now we just need to go out and s- smoke a celebratory cigar. <laughs> right, yeah. In any case, it's another one down the gullet. So you can uh, look us up on various social media platforms. If you're still using it. (laughs) Yeah, oh my god. Delete your accounts. Please. Um, Twitter.com at APMPod. Facebook.com slash APMPod. Email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. Untapped. Untapped, yes. We're hosting Meredith Mike. Keeps up with our ratings there. Thanks, Mike. And uh, rate, review, subscribe if you can. Yeah. And also, before we get done... Let us know if you've heard of the phrase frickles before, because I'm going to go crazy if no one else has heard that. I agree, because I've not, and uh, am I the crazy one, or is Jeremy? Way in. I mean, I mean, none of the workers at the Mosley's knew what I was talking about, but I, I swear that that's what they're called at uh, Donnelly's downtown. Hmm. Council of the show, way in. Frickles, yeah, he, he'll be a good um, arbiter mm-hmm. for that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Host Emeritus Mike, keeper of the untapped. Tom, yeah. ba- Tom Bombadil of the show. He would be another good person. I feel like he has kind of that folksy knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. Wrapping up the show. Thanks for listening. For Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been the rambling Jeremy. <laughs> and this has been American Pam Males. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.